0: Welcome to Leonard Lopate at Large. I'm Leonard Lopate. Just a few months ago, it looked like the COVID-19 pandemic was receding. The rates of new cases and deaths were down, businesses were reopening, and schools were planning to get back to normal in the fall. But in the last few weeks, we've seen an alarming rise in the numbers attributed to the highly contagious Delta variant. And New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio has announced that all city workers will have to be vaccinated or get tested weekly. So. We've invited industrial hygienist Monona Russell back to our show to help us make sense of what's going on. She is the president and founder of Arts, Crafts, and Theater Safety, the health and safety officer for Local A29 of IATSE, the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees, and the author of Pick Your Poison, How Our Mad Dash to Chemical Utopia is Making Lab Rats of Us All. It's published by Wiley. If you have any questions for Monona, we invite you to call us at 212-209-2877. Hi, Minona, Welcome back to our show.
1: Well, thank you. Hope you're feeling fine.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm okay. Uh, we last spoke at the beginning of June, and things looked a lot more hopeful than what happened in the last few weeks to change that optimism. Is, is it the rise of new cases and deaths from COVID?
1: Yeah, I was so sure that the numbers were going to go up that I booked two really big things, one for last week and one for this week, based on precautions for COVID. And they sort of said, well, like, this is going to like over. I said, don't worry, it, it, we'll be back. <laughs> and of course, it turned out to be that they were very well attended. Of course, they were on ventilation, but the numbers are going up. As soon as you allow people to gather the way we have, because if you look at the map, and you see wh- where the, the, the substantial and high numbers are. There were people have been gathering and opening the theaters and the restaurants and all. You're just gonna have this happen. And now it's definitely gonna happen because of the Delta uh, variant, mm-hmm. which is more infectious by far. So this is, this is totally predictable.
0: And we're seeing more than 50,000 new cases a day in the United States, more than four times was what it was just a month or so ago. Um, As you point out, many are being attributed to the Delta variant, which appears to be more easily transmitted than earlier versions of of the virus. And is also more deadly?
1: Well, they think so. There's going to have to be research. We've got to have enough dead people in order to make that (laughs) call. But it looks like that is the case. I looked up the number uh, today, yesterday was 53,236. That's that's a lot of,
0: a lot of people.
1: So it's, it's, now, it's really happening now. Some of the other states are driving the big numbers, but we're 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 high. Manhattan is high. I mean, is is substantial and uh, Staten Island is high. And you, you can just look at that map and you know why.
0: Um, Should we be th- concerned about what's coming next? The Epsilon and Lambda variants?
1: Well, yeah, because this is, you see, each, each variant has to be more infective than the previous one. You just, by, by definition, because otherwise it wouldn't be the, the new variant. It has to outperform the variant that we have. So each time you hear about a variant that is expanding into any significant amount of area, you know damn well it's got some bells and whistles that the other ones didn't that <clears throat> make it compete better.
0: Is uh, What what causes viruses like the coronavirus to mutate? Is it the same sort of thing that happens with the flu virus and why uh, many people get a flu shot every year?
1: It's, it's exactly the same, and it's also the same with the cells in your body that replicate, uh, with reproductive cells that replicate. Whenever a cell divides and its DNA is separated and then rejoined, with another strand of DNA from the next cell, or from a, in, in the case of a gamete, from uh, another sexual cell, there is an opportunity for one of those molecules or proteins not to get in the right place. Oh. Uh, happening in your body all the time, uh, your immune system is lo- locating abnormal cells or cancer cells and wiping them out if you've got a good immune system. Um, but it's constantly happening. So when you have something like a virus, and this one is about a thousand times faster in dividing and and replicating, um, every one of those replications is an opportunity for a variant. And just as in your body, some of those variants don't make it. They don't have any special bells and whistles. They are defective in one way or another, but every now and and then one of them has something that is going to make it more successful than its parent. And then you have a new variant that we're going to see.
0: So what makes the Delta variant more contagious? Is it the the shape or the size of the particles? Or do they travel further or stay in the air for a longer time?
1: Yeah, that was studied. And it was actually an NPR um program where they looked at all of the data and it's very clear that what it has over the other ones is it replicates faster. Remember in the early days, you had to wait two weeks before you could be sure whether or not you got infected or not. Now you can be pretty sure in four or five days with this variant. It's it's really fast and it it, it hits hard. And and the big kicker is that um, it, it, it in. It it infects and can distribute itself, uh, even in fully vaccinated people, because it is it is one of the things that is causing these breakthrough cases.
0: And when you are tested, is it apparent that it's the Delta variant and not one of the others?
1: No, no. To do that, for sure then they have to do a, a, um, a, a whole genome sequencing. It's like when you submit your DNA for one of those services that is going to tell you all the wonderful things about your ancestors. Um, they have to take that. Um, that Well, in, in the case of the virus, it's not DNA, it's RNA. But they take that and they re- replicate it and then they map it and take a look at it make sure that it's the new one or what va- what variant it is that takes a little longer but you've seen those dna maps and the mm-hmm. the map of this virus would be very similar uh, to that cuz and and that's that's basically what they're doing
0: we've been hearing of of more cases of people who've been vaccinated getting infected with the delta variant does that indicate that the current vaccines may not be as effective against Delta?
1: That probably is the case, but the real issue is that the CDC, when this first started to become an issue, decided not to track and study the breakthrough cases only to compile those breakthrough cases that ended up hospitalized or that die. So we really don't know how frequent this is and how big a reservoir of potentially infected people that is. And, and since most of those people are going to be asymptomatic, they're not gonna have any reason to go and get tested. And they are one of the major reservoirs for driving the, the epidemic.
0: Can people get COVID more than once? Are there cases of people who had it early on and then got it again later?
1: Well, we learned that you could get get it. <coughs> excuse me. Get it more than once, almost at the very beginning of the pandemic. So that's been established. When your immune system starts to lose its antibodies to that virus, you're then again susceptible. So here's the, here's the real issue that people really need to make a change in their thinking. If you can get COVID more than once, that means having been infected is not protection. If there are significant numbers of breakthrough infections in people who are fully vaccinated, and we know that that is true, then that doesn't protect you either. So you can just kiss herd herd immunity goodbye because everybody can get it again. And that means we're gonna end up having to live with this virus in some way because every time someone's immune system starts to not have enough antibodies to fight this, uh, either from the time that they were vaccinated or the time that they got it and now their system isn't as protected, they can get it again. So it's going to be going over and over through the population. Um, And it's even killing some of the vaccinated people, which is really kind of sad. There's a, um, there's data as of July 19th, and this is just the cases that CDC has compiled, are 5,914 hospitalizations and 1,141 deaths. And these are doubly vaccinated, fully vaccinated people. So nothing can protect you now. um, And we will have to find ways of boosting our immune systems and checking in regularly and and so on.
0: Well, I've I've been curious about herd immunity in general. Uh, Does it work with other viruses when it's flu season? Is there a time when herd immunity is ever achieved?
1: Yeah, well, it, it really is. In 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 the flu viruses, we don't usually see big outbreaks because so many people are vaccinated. And we certainly don't see the schools as a source because they usually require flu vaccination of, of students. And in that case, it is not a vector. Uh, we should be having the same kind of intelligent approach now. But essentially with this virus, vaccination, just ensures that for a period of time it is very unlikely you will end up in the hospital
0: the world health organization continues to recommend that everyone wear a mask but in the united states the cdc has said vaccinated people often don't need to wear them are they changing that stance? And what does oh, this yeah. mean? What does this mean in practical terms? Should states or cities reimpose mask mandates, as some have already done, despite all of the protests?
1: Yeah. And, and in fact, the cities were ahead of the CDC because the CDC is, is changing their mind daily on, on that. And, and, you Are they know,
0: influenced sometimes by political pressures from people who want no, to not, reopen no, quickly? No,
1: no, 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 not sometimes, all the time. The CDC is continually <laughs> interested in what they think people will accept. Uh, they, you know, they they're they're getting buffeted by people on both sides, and they, unfortunately, it, that agency has kind of become a, a quasi-political organization, despite the fact that they are a center for serious compilation and 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 work on on on, on the research here.
0: We are inviting your calls. Our on-air number is 212-209-2877. My guest is one of our regulars on the show, Manona Russell, uh, our favorite industrial hygienicist. Uh, This is WBAI New York, 99.5 FM, streaming live at WBAI.org. A listener has written in to ask a couple of questions. If you're asthmatic and in your 60s or older and you got the shot in March... How soon might you need another booster shot?
1: That's what the research has to tell us. And I think it's going to vary person to person as well. So I think we may, may actually eventually need a, um, a, a, an antibody test to, to know where we are hmm. in terms of our immunity. Uh, I mean, I, I, this caller and I have the same issue. I know when I got my second shot. I also had COVID. So I've got two things that should be boosting my immune system. Do I feel confident? Hell no, because Mm -hmm. I looked at the data and I don't really know how good my immune system is at dealing with this.
0: That listener also asked if you're fully vaccinated and visiting a home where children under 12 aren't vaccinated, what's the protocol that you recommend?
1: Wear a mask. wear a mask because, excuse me, the mask protects others. It doesn't really protect you very well. And since we know that vaccinated people can get the bug and pass it, um, if you're visiting children that are unvaccinated, your your smart move is to again, wear a mask and keep some distance if you can.
0: In many places, vaccination rates are slowing. Have we gotten to the point where almost everyone who wanted the vaccine has already received it?
1: Well, that would be sad if that was the case, because that just literally translates into numbers of dead. So um, I am all for you know, I know that a lot of people have this freedom thing, but I don't think you really have freedom to hurt other people when we have a way of, of potentially reducing that risk. And and the risk of the vi- of the vaccination is just not in the same ballpark as as the risk of getting this damn disease. So I'm I'm really for people getting vaccinated. I don't understand the thinking of these people, and I don't pretend to. I'm not a psychologist. I'm an industrial hygienist. And and for me, you just play the odds, and and you do the thing that is the least risk and provides the most benefit and um, nothing is perfect so you know you could be making a mistake but it's a mistake with the odds in your favor
0: well you work for unions uh, and when Mayor de Blasio announced that all city employees will have to be vaccinated or get tested weekly and Governor Newsom of California announced similar measures many unions protested
1: Why I know do you think that is I know I'm, you know, accountant for taste. I mean, some people I'm I'm for protecting workers and this will protect workers. So, you know, sometimes you protect workers in spite of themselves. Um, And I really honestly think that the the, if the employer says everybody gets tested, I'm 100 percent behind that. Um, If you don't want to get tested, then, you know, get another job. But you, you you really don't have the right not to take this gamble uh, since it's other people's lives you're also gambling with.
0: Is it legal for a private business to require its employees to be vaccinated?
1: That seems to be upheld. Yeah. Yeah. There was a, a court challenge and it looks like that's the case. And it's the same thing that, you know, you can't put your kid in school without certain vaccinations. <laughs> Um, and also de blasio was saying that um, they have to be vaccinated or they have to get tested three times a week yeah, yeah, okay you know so if there is a real exemption due to religious reasons uh, or some health reason that, that that the doctors really think would put them at greater risk well then hey you know get. The- Get a PCR three times a week. If that's not punishment enough to get you vaccinated, then, you know, muscle off.
0: Well, if everyone in your workplace is vaccinated, can you all not wear masks and expect to be safe?
1: No, not now. No, that's, the, that's the real kicker from what... And you see, um, Wolensk the, the, the head of CDC, um, announced it yesterday and it's it's unpublished data But it was very clear, let's see if I can find the actual words, Uh, that the breakthrough infections with the variants, the people had the Delta variant and the level of virus in these people. The word he used was indistinguishable from the level of viruses in the nose and throats of unvaccinated people with the Mm -hmm. disease. So, I mean, it's clear that the vaccinated person is capable of passing this on. And so we have to change the way we think.
0: What reasons do people give for not wanting to be vaccinated? Do they believe they're naturally immune? <laughs>
1: yeah and the farmer hog. Well, actually, you know there was a, a handful of people who were even HIV immune and that had to do with some a peculiar peculiarity of their DNA that that put them uh, able to to deal with this this virus. And that's not surprising since the 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 simian IV virus, um, is tolerated in certain types of um, primates without harm. So it, 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 you know, we're pretty close to those. So it's not un, un, unforeseeable that that would happen. And there probably is somewhere, somewhere, somebody <laughs> who is immune to this virus, but we haven't identified them yet. So I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't count on that.
0: Well, some people claim that the vaccine will change your DNA. Um, Others, of course, have even gone further and say that it's a way of injecting a microchip in us to track us.
1: They need to. You know what? They just need to take a course in 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 bio. uh, You know, the the, the type of. Biochemistry and uh, courses on on DNA and on on health and all. I mean, they just need to be educated. one One of the biggest problems that I have all along with industrial hygiene is people today don't know how to balance the checkbook. So how can I put a formula? On, you know so it's it's really difficult. And so what we really do need to do is just upgrade the science in, in the in the classroom, and then I don't see, how we, we won't also see some of these arguments that just don't make sense. Your DNA was pretty much established when your mother felt, met your father. And um, it, when those two gametes came together, that ended up your DNA. And you're not gonna be changing that much. You could turn a gene on, or maybe a gene off, but you're not gonna really alter anything of significance
0: So I think this is not happening. I think my problem is that I'm a Delta variant. Um, There are uh, some people have had severe allergic reactions. Isn't that uh, doesn't that have something to do with the DNA?
1: Uh, No, not really. It it, it just has to do with what, you you know, that can be really, really changed because your immune system is kind of like a separate system in, in that it, It is trained to look for things that it sees as a threat and then try to wipe them out. And so we can educate it as to what it should be looking for and wiping out with a vaccine. Or you can snort a whole bunch of ragweed pollen and it will decide on its own that that's an invader. And now you're stuck with an immune response to ragweed. So those are both the same mechanism, just different sources.
0: There are, people dispute the uh, the numbers of people who have died from COVID, uh, 600,000, over 4 million worldwide. Those are the reported deaths. Some say they are likely to be higher. Others say that those are really inflated. Yeah. And hasn't, it been, hasn't it been estimated that the true death toll in India may be as high as 4 million, 10 times the official count there?
1: Yeah. And, and why, why would they care? I mean, they know they, they they know that there's problems with the health care in, in many countries, including our own. And so the figures are probably not perfect. But the fact is, when when they're going up all over, they're going up all over. And when they're coming down, they're coming down. And the basics are, all, are going to be the same. Yes, there are countries that are, for one reason or another, uh, either deliberately or because they don't understand or because they have poor infrastructure um, are are exaggerating or diminishing those numbers. But basically you have to look at the overall and that's pretty clear. And then the numbers in your own community and you know how well those are uh, done. They're not perfect, but they're probably fairly reliable. Um, I have issues with the deaths from COVID because they use a PCR and um, sometimes the virus is long gone when the person dies. And and, and, uh, the way I explain that to students is, you know, if a murderer comes into a room and shoots somebody and they are lying on the floor and bleeding out and then the murderer leaves the room, that doesn't make the murderer any less of a murderer. So the, the virus can be gone and the person can die, but the insult that caused the death uh, occurred and the virus was present. And so as far as I'm concerned, those, if, 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 they're, if they're using an end-of-life test, I don't have any trust in that at all. And I know that that's going to be an undercount.
0: But others argue that the numbers are inflated because people who m- might die of something that is not COVID but had COVID and they they get wind up being included, even though maybe cancer or something else is what really killed them.
1: Yeah, yeah, because
0: it's really hard to determine, isn't it? Mm-hmm.
1: It is hard, and and this is you know I read death certificates for other reasons, and you will see primary and secondary causes of death. Wow. As far as I'm concerned, I just as soon see all the primary and secondary causes of death for these people, and I'd like to see them uh, include COVID included as a secondary, also, because the one probably wouldn't have happened without the other. So, yeah, you know, it, it's it's a numbers game. It's not perfect, but there's nothing that is, at least in, for instance, New York, deliberate. Because if you meet nurses, if you meet hospital people, I'm, I've been on a board of a hospital clinic for 30 years. Those people have no intent to deceive about anything. They're all trying to do their best. And most, most hospitals, You know, and I wouldn't say that for the bookkeepers and the accountants, maybe. But I will say that for the people who are dealing with the health issues and patient welfare. They really are trying to do their best.
0: Most healthy young people probably won't get terribly sick or die from COVID, but they can still pass it on to others who might be more vulnerable. So how do you convince young people that it's in their best interest to get the shot?
1: In my day, you didn't convince, you told them. So uh-huh. I have no perspective here. I just say, you
2: know, <laughs> <Do> it. <laughs> it's
1: my way or the highway. And, and that's the way I would deal with it. But, you know, I didn't have children for this precise reason. I, my idea of discipline probably would have been picking up one kid and hitting the other with them, which is not acceptable to at all. So, you know, it, some people should have children, some should not. Um, So you're asking the wrong person that way. But the best studies of what the schools do when you open them is not studies of the schools, but studies of people who live in households where there is a child who goes to school. That's where you see the numbers rise because they bring the bug home. Hmm. If they don't get sick. And that's where you see the numbers. And so when you look at overall numbers and you plot it against the time at which schools were opened in a particular area, you can see usually a lockstep change that, uh, mm-hmm. and used to be two weeks later, and now it could be closer to a week later um, in, in the community itself.
0: Now, the, the first cases were reported just a little over a year and a half ago. Do we know what all the long-term effects may be? Are studies being done on people who had COVID and, and recovered to see what health problems uh, they may develop that may be related to their uh, having had COVID?
1: Yeah, well, the clinics and the hospitals are tracking that as there's, there's you know mount sinai occupational clinic that i'm on the board of they have all kinds of tracking now for long haulers and um my husband and i probably are both long haulers um i can't prove it but within two weeks of getting over i had very strong dizziness and i i now have difficulty walking uh i have no lower leg reflexes now, obviously, at eighty five there's a lot of turnips falling off the old truck, so <laughs> something else could have happened. But it certainly seems like covid. and And my husband probably won't get off oxygen now, period. Oh. Uh, yeah, he, 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 it damaged his lungs. So you know, there's all kinds of long hauler scenarios and 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 that's why you know when they when they roll that old folk out of the hospital and everybody's cheering. You know, I would ask that person, you know, <laughs> what are you going home to? Because they may be having all kinds of other health problems that are going to continue, um, and and we're about to find that out, and it's going to be an interesting story, uh, and not a, not a good one. So I really, really, if if you had it from my perspective of having it and almost losing my husband with it, you, you'd bloody get vaccinated.
0: Do we understand why some people are long haulers and others are not?
1: No, we really don't, because some very healthy people without Mm -hmm. risk factors end up being long haulers.
0: This is WBAI New York, 99.5 FM, streaming live at WBAI.org. We invite your calls if you want to join this conversation. Our on-air number is 212 209-2877. Two zero nine two eight seven seven. That's two one two two zero nine twenty eight seventy seven. visit American city, you will find it very pretty, just two things of which you must beware, don't drink the water and don't breathe the air, pollution, pollution, they got smog and sewage and mud, turn on your tap and get hot and cold running, crud. Our guest today is one of our regulars, industrial hygienist, Monona Russell, She's the President and Founder of Arts, Crafts, and Theater Safety, the Health and Safety Officer for Local A29 Aviatzi, the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees, and the author of Pick Your Poison, How Our Mad Dash to Chemical Utopia Is Making Lab Rats of Us All. It's published by Wiley. Um, As a talk show host, I paid attention to the fact that there's a news story just the other day about a conservative Tennessee talk show host Who'd been an anti-vaxxer and then he came down with COVID and now he's in the hospital on a ventilator and he's urging his listeners to get vaccinated.
1: I saw that story too, but I also have seen people who are, are going down for the third time and they still think it's a hoax. So, I mean, there's there's people and then there's people. Um, I I think that not only did this this virus show up all of our infrastructure problems the schools ventilation systems the hospital issues and all kinds of uh, safety issues but it also showed that there's something wrong with a lot of people's ability to think through well, these how did, issues
0: how much do uh, high-profile media influences affect people's thinking on issues of this sort
1: well yeah
0: and 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 wearing a mask has become a political issue in many parts yeah. of the country. Why, and yeah. we have people I, I in, in, the, in, the, in Congress who are complaining ab- about it.
1: I am absolutely stymied by that because it it doesn't make any kind of sense to me at all. Um, and, and yet I, I, I recognize it. I see it. I see it among even some people that I know. Uh, it, it, it seems like they've, they've confused, you know, freedom and, and, and common sense in some way that I, I don't understand. So I'm, I'm really not the person to ask that because, you know, for instance, I stay completely off the social media. I mean, I, I spent some time watching a, a friend of mine fool around with, with Facebook And that is the biggest time waster I have ever seen in my life. And and, it all depends on
0: how you use it.
1: Why would you listen to anyone who doesn't have more education than you do? Um, I mean, this is just not the place to go. If you just plain use Google and you you Google any subject about COVID, you're going to see a bunch of sites come up and you can see on the, um, on the, on the, on the internet address, whether you're talking to the CDC or NIOSH or OSHA or one of the major research outlets, Wiley or whatever, why would you click on anything else? So, you know, well, even if you're not scientifically educated, the summaries of these studies are written in English. And, and you should be able to get enough out of them To not be listening to somebody who, and the the frightening word is the word influencer. Really? Mm Want to be influenced? Why? Why, Just make up your own minds.
0: Well, some people would think of you as an influencer, maybe in a positive way. We have a lot of people calling in. Should we go to those calls? Okay, BAI, you're on the air.
2: Hello, can you hear me?
0: Yes, I can hear you.
2: Uh, thank you. Um, I want to know what the doctor uh, had to say to somebody, people like myself. You know, like I don't know anybody sick. I don't know anyone who knows anyone that was sick. I've seen no one who was sick. Uh, I only hear about it on TV and the radio. And I, and what does she think about a medical dictatorship? Things like that worry me. Because you know, I'm old enough to remember... Um, uh, the uh, story of the War of the Worlds that had people thinking uh, you're being taken over by Martians. You know, that's what I think this is. And I don't trust her and I don't trust people like her. And and say something about people who are immune and say something about locking up these people who are playing with these germs in a moratorium on uh, the weaponization of uh, viruses. Thank you. I, so, that,
0: Monona, he, my... so, so he says he doesn't trust you.
1: Oh, that's fine with me. I mean, uh, uh, you know, I I do this because I really enjoy it, and I think it's it's what I should be doing. But if I was going to be discouraged because people don't believe me or don't follow what I say, I'd have blown my brains out long ago. (laughs) Because, you know, I have a lot of knowledge about things that should be done, even in the unions. And do they always follow? Do they do they do the do the contract negotiations go my way? <laughs> of course not. <laughs> Lots of times, you know, I'm just, you know, flapping my lips. So, you know, it, this happens. But uh, I, I don't know very many people like this man who don't know anybody or haven't seen anybody or hasn't yeah. been touched by this this virus. He must be upstate somewhere, or something. because he couldn't. No,
0: I'm I'm upstate, and uh, any number of people have told me that uh, they had the virus, or 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 their spouse had the virus, or whatever. Sure, yeah. it's everywhere. Yeah. Anyway, well, maybe he's, thank you maybe he's got he, no friends. Thank you for your call. Let's take another call. BAI, you're on the air. Yes. Hello. Are you?
2: Yes. Go ahead. But no. No, not. I adore you and love you and trust everything you say that last caller was a nutcase. Anyway, Business Insider just released an op ed at eleven forty seven today calling for a vaccine mandates. Google just said they're delaying their opening to October and we're gonna require vaccines. And so hopefully things will turn. I just wanna yeah. mention curiosity stream, some cable Providers give you access. They have a 45-minute program on COVID that gives you all the details. So if people want to get educated, and the one thing they discussed, and you talked about wearing masks correctly, you have to cover your nose because there's a high concentration of cells in your nose that have AEC2 receptors. And that's where you first get infected, and then it goes into your lungs. So people who aren't covering their nose and mouth, are not doing themselves any good. I just want to hear your opinion. There's some rumors on blood type affecting people getting infected, and if that's the issue. And I love you on the show, and I listened to you last season. You said don't go to the pool, and I appreciate everything you're doing.
1: Thank you. That's that's very nice. I'm going to adopt this guy, so get his number. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, 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 he, he brought up an interesting study that seemed to link outcome with uh, blood type. Um, that has not been significantly replicated. Um, there may be something to it, but um, and it's not being studied as much as I would like. Um, there may be some connection. It would be nice if we could make some prediction based on blood type. But at this point, it's, it's, there's not enough research t- to make that stick. Um, and every, anywhere there's a good source for understanding this bug. There's some really good um, videos and things out there. Um, the EPA has some and uh, OSHA has some. Even they, you, you need to look around, but there's some good ones. And, of course, I do trainings, two-hour trainings on, on all of these subjects. Well, isn't part
0: of the problem that the whole thing hit so quickly that we're still trying to figure out? A lot of the things that happened, uh, and and doubters have pointed out that the vaccines for COVID were developed more quickly than other vaccines in the past. That, yeah, can that was be really as,
1: important. Yeah, the vaccine. Some
0: people are wondering whether the pandemic actually advanced medical science or whether it did. we should trust it.
1: It did. It 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 showed us that we don't often we don't have to have the whole bug. In, inactivated in a virus that we can just take a chunk of it and or even proteins from from the the, the virus and, and sensitize the body to those. And that's much quicker in terms of development of a vaccine uh, rather than having it identify the entire uh, organism. So 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 that was a huge learning thing. And we're continuing to learn. I mean, I. Personally, this was like going back to school for me as well, hmm. because uh, every day there was research right in my field that was new and, and groundbreaking. And um, so, I mean, I couldn't wait to get up each day and, and, and look at all the uh, technical sites for, for information. It's, it's just it's been fascinating, um, depressing, but fascinating.
0: Let's take another call. BAI, you're on the air. Hello? Hello? Yes, you're on the air.
1: Hi, thank you for taking my call. Um, the new way of making the vaccine is one of the reasons people are reluctant when send RNA way. Is there a reason why they are not trying to re- uh, to, to develop a vaccine following the classical manner and also is there uh, are there data comparing uh, the Chinese vaccine which is made with uh, uh, following the old way manner to the, um,
3: the the Pfizer and all of the messenger RNA vaccine. Are
1: data comparing uh, how these two type of vaccine do and why aren't they trying to raise a uh, vaccine uh, for the, the old way Minona. Yeah, yeah. I'm an old lady, so I'm having trouble hearing all of the words. But it sounds like what you're asking is, you know, there are viruses being developed in China and many other countries, Russia and so on. And what what is the difference, and why do we use one over the other? And and each country has their own sets of legal standards for how these things should perform. What kind of information is required before they are given an emergency action exemption, and so on. And so, it's really all of those questions really belong at the FDA primarily because it's the one that's going to say, yeah, we can use this, or no, we this isn't proven yet, or whatever. Um, and and it's it's a very technical area and not actually my area i mean i i have to look at the bottom line because we're we're setting up precautions for workers so i have to know which ones meet our standards and which ones are available how long they are expected to last and so on but that is a very interesting issue being that countries have very different standards so there are virus there are there are vaccines out there that have been used that now turn out not to be terribly effective. Fortunately the ones we chose sort of are. We we, we have some of the better ones.
0: Now but, Monona, I have to clear something up. You said viruses are being developed and you meant vaccines are being developed. Just yeah, vaccines are being
1: developed. <laughs> yes. yeah. Thank you. said viruses. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. Somebody might take you literally. <laughs> and oh yeah, see oh, some no, kind of no, conspiracy no. there. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> thank you so much for your call, and uh, let's go to another call. B A I, you're on the air.
3: Hi, my name is Doug. Uh, am I on now?
0: Yes, you are on the air.
3: Okay. Uh, Listen, for the gentleman who says he knows no one, you know, I'm unfortunately living a bit of a hermit's life myself right now, but uh, even, uh, you know, living a sheltered life and growing up on my front lawn, I still know of people, so I don't know what he, uh, you know, he must be quite unusual. Um, The cognitive dissonance that goes on with people, uh, it's just striking, you know. I I, I believe it was um, uh, Jonathan Swift, uh, he of Gulliver's Travels. I remember reading a tome of his uh, satire, um, which he was. People just think he was a an author. He was he was quite a satirist. There, I think it was um, the Battle of the Books, and which he told, "You cannot reason, uh, you cannot reason a person out of a position that they did not first reason themselves into." And that's really (laughs) (laughs) what goes on, you know. um, uh, Listen, one thing I'd like to clear up with you, if I can, um, this technology, this new biotechnology. Um, people are making it sound, and you're even somewhat giving the impression that somehow this just like appeared suddenly, you know, c- kind of like uh, uh, c- c- kind of like a Athena springing fully adult and armed out of Zeus's head, uh, you know, that this new technology. This technology started after SARS 2, is my understanding, that they yes, started it did. working on this. And it wasn't until the government says, you know what, hey, we got a problem. Here's. Billions and billions of dollars, go for it, that it really took off. But my question is, clarify that for me, whether I'm right or wrong on that. But my question is, could you please explain to people, I can't do it this succinctly when I speak to them, that the steps that have to go through for... Regular authorization, not emergency use, but regular authorization. I keep telling them it takes a long time. You have to have statistics. You have to have documentation. You have to be able to verify it in many studies. You have to see for long-term effects. That's why they're very careful, because when they put the imprimatur on it, it says it's really good, but that this vaccine is the best vaccine of any vaccine that's ever been created by man. Um, Mumps, measles, rubella, polio didn't have the efficacy that these vaccines have. Is that all
0: true? Before, Before you answer, Monona, I, I do have to do a station break. This is, you're listening to Leonard Lopate at Large on WBAI New York, 99.5 FM. And my guest is Monona Russell, uh, industrial hygienist, who is a regular contributor to our show. Okay, Manona.
1: Yeah, if, if I knew all of the steps, I'd be surprised. But he is absolutely right. The amount of data and the amount of proof it's gotta be proof positive. It's gotta be proof you can take into court. Um, and, and that's hard to get. Uh, and it takes time and a lot of s- serious research because you can't just take numbers from hospitals in that case. You've got to take documented cases where there are many parameters that are looked at. So this is going to take a while. Um, and, and we do have some of the toughest standards that's both good for the final outcome, but bad for the fact that people seem to want to have it fully approved before they take it. And that is not likely to happen in time to really get this epidemic under control. So, yeah, he's absolutely right. Our standards take a long time and require a, a level of proof that is um beyond what a lot of countries have. But some countries have as much or more. Um uh, but you, you you well know that others were going with virus with the vaccines that had very little data.
0: Thank you so much for your call. I don't know if we're getting any more calls. Uh I knew that we had we have one more? Okay. So BAI you're on the air.
2: Uh yeah hi. Um Listen, I'd like... Uh, hello, am I here? Am I on air?
0: You're, you're on the air.
2: Oh, okay, I'm very sorry. Okay, um, I'd like her to address the uh, the fact that the frontline critical care doctors and Dr. Corey and his group have uh, summarily completed 30 randomized trials on ivermectin proving its efficacy against COVID-19 and how that makes the Senkaya conversation moot.
1: Well, not moot, but there there has to be more data on, on its use. It's the same. For instance, uh, I got the um, monoclonal antibody infusion, and um, there wasn't a whole lot of data back when I got that, and, and now it turns out that it was a very good move. So treatment is uh, another way to go on this, but none of the treatments are going to make things moot. Uh, And there hasn't been anywhere near enough of them used long enough to make that statement. But should they be tested and should they be out there as an option? You damn betcha every one of these should be out there and people should be using them and recording what happens and so on. Because unfortunately, we are part of an experiment now that we have no choice because we're either going to do this experiment and survive or we're not
0: should point out that it's just been announced that the president has mandated that every federal employee has to get himself or him or herself.
1: Mazel tov.
0: Thank you for your call. Uh, Obviously, we don't have all the answers and there's going to be a debate for a long time,
1: don't you think? Oh, absolutely. This is going to be rehashed and redone. And there's going to be new data coming out of it all the time. God help us with the next vi- next variant and what it what kind of bells and whistles it shows. Um, but one of the one of the one of the callers was really right about SARS one. So much was already done with SARS one. I mean that's a coronavirus and it's very similar uh, in a lot of ways to this one. And there was building to building transmission and airborne transmission, and there was all the same kinds of issues. But it was easier to beat and easier to contain. Uh, this one is just more infective and has changed so rapidly that about the time we get, get a bead on it in one place, it's now in another. So it's going to be a learning process.
0: Well, we have just a minute left, but we have one more call. If, caller, if you can make it really quick. And Monona, if you can make your answer very brief. I'd like to sneak this in. Hi, you're on the air. Oh. Well, Yes.
2: Yeah,
3: hi, hey, this is Vinny from Brooklyn. How you doing?
0: Okay, hey, you make it as brief as possible.
3: Yeah, listen, I don't know, maybe just answer the question. You know, what, what that guy was talking about, he says that they've been working on this. Is that true, that that they started this before? That's, that's one question I got. And The other is, um, why do they need two shots of of these uh, mRNA shots uh, vaccine? Why do you need two shots?
1: Well, when they did the first shot, they found out it, it increased the uh, immune response, but not high enough. The second shot then boosted the immune response into an area that it was much more effective. Um, so one of the one of the shots didn't seem to need that. The other two did. Uh, so it, when when they are testing these things, they they give you the shot and then they measure the antibody response. And if it's not sufficient, they'll try another shot and see if that raises it. So, so that's what happened. And you're right; we went back to previous technology because of SARS-1, because we did have a beginning. We had a leg up on some of this, um, and, and so the researchers that were working on that ended up to be very valuable resources uh, on this new new variant.
0: And I got to leave it there, Manono. Sorry. Uh, We've been talking with industrial hygienist Monona Russell, president and founder of Arts, Crafts, and Theater Safety, also the health and safety officer for Local 829 of the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees, IATSE, and author of Pick Your Poison, How Our Mad Dash to Chemical Utopia Is Making Lab Rats of Us All. It's published by Wiley. As always, thank you so much, and we'll see you soon. Very good. Be well. And that brings us to the end of our show. special thanks to segment producer Barbara Kahn for preparing today's interview. If you'd like to hear more of our shows, you can access our archive of over 500 interviews streaming on demand at WBAI.org. We're also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else that podcasts are available. And there are links to all of our past shows at LeonardLopateAtLarge.com. If you'd like to write to me, my email address is LeonardLopate at WBAI.org. Before I sign off today, I need to take a moment to ask you to support WBAI. We need all of our listeners who have the means to do so to step up and make a tax-deductible contribution at whatever level they're comfortable with by going online to give to wbai.org or by calling 212-209-2950. That's 212-209-2950. Please do it right now to keep the kind of unique, in-depth content we bring you on the show coming to you weekdays from 1 to 2 p.m. Because without your help, there's no way that this historic station, the only one in the New York radio dial that's 100% listener-sponsored, can stay on the air. So why not make that call right now in the name of London Low Paid at Large so we can continue bringing you the kind of programming you won't hear anywhere else. Again, the number to call, 212 209 2950, or you can go online to give to wbaiorg And my great thanks to everyone who's already stepped up to support the station in the name of Leonard Lopate at Large. I hope if you haven't, you will join them. And I hope you can join us again tomorrow when authors Nicola Twilley and Jeff Manna will discuss their new book, Until Proven Safe, The History and Future of Quarantine. We'll see you then.